your situation. Lord, we speak Jesus over our situation. Lord, we speak Jesus over everything tonight. We speak Jesus over our lost loved ones. We speak Jesus over our circumstances. Lord, we thank you for tonight, Heavenly Father. Lord, we worship you tonight, Lord. We speak Jesus. That's the only name we need, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus can change it all. He does every day. Somewhere right now, Jesus is healing somebody. Somewhere right now, Jesus is making somebody whole in their mind. Somebody right now, somewhere right now, he's making a way for somebody that has no way. He's Jesus. He's the, he is everything. Lord, help us, Lord. Help us to be like you. Even a little bit like you, Lord. Changes everything. Lord, let our lives be a lot like Lord, we praise your holy name, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. In Jesus' name. <clears throat> you know, I don't have anything really long tonight. I just had some things I was feeling this, this afternoon. And it was just about being spiritually dry. And when people say they're spiritually dry or they're Stagnant, you've heard, means something's not flowing. Whether something's not flowing in or something's not flowing out. And when these people talk about being spiritually dry, it means they feel distant from God, or they feel like He's being quiet, or they're struggling, struggling to grow spiritually. Now, I just pray for all of everyone here that's that's going through a dry or stagnant season with the Lord. But you know, the Lord will only pull, pour in what you're willing to pour out. He doesn't give it to you to hold up. You're not a, you're not a dam. You're not meant to be poured in and just keep all the knowledge of, of, of everything that you know and the, everything you know about the Lord. You're, it's just not, it's not like that. The more you give, the more you flow, allow the flow through you, the more that He's going to do through you. So, when you're in a stagnant season, what do you do? When you're in a dry place, what, what, do, you, what do you do? Well, sometimes dry seasons or stagnant seasons are because of sin. Sometimes it's become a, because of emotion or mental pain. Sometimes we pray for God to move in a certain situation. And, and when he doesn't, we don't... And, and when he doesn't move like... We think he should. We, we get down. Or when he doesn't say anything at all. Sometimes we feel like the situation won't change. You know, it's always about us. But when we feel like that, when we, when we, when we let ourselves feel, feel the opposite of what the Word of God says feel, how do we respond? Well, I'll say not to even go to that place. You don't allow yourself to even go there. You know, it's easy to sit here and say, I always say, it's easy to say the church thing, but it's hard to do the church thing. It's hard to do what the Bible says to do all the time. 
You know, I, you know, when you somebody, a brother or sister is going through something, you go, just have faith. The Bible says have faith. And you say it so nonchalant, but when you're going through it, you're like, oh, I need help. Pray for me. But don't let certain mindsets take hold of you that don't align with the Word of God. The thing is, is when you're walking with God, He has called you to overcome. There's no, there's no other way. The quicker you learn that you have to overcome, the quicker you pass the test, the quicker you move forward in Christ. As long as I name Christ and I truly walk with Him, I will continually have to be an overcomer. There is no retreating. There's no going back. And once you start overcoming, though, doors will be open to you. God will use you in ways you never thought possible. It, it will blow your mind. It will. If you're sold out to God, look, that doesn't mean perfection. It doesn't mean, it means holiness, but holiness doesn't even mean perfection. It just means that when you violate the Word of God, when you violate what He says is right, that you repent. And you don't let it get root in your life. And if you've crucified the flesh and you're still having that lustful spirit or that, that draw, then you got company. There was a and this this whole thing about overcoming, this whole thing about dryness, you guys know this story well. It's first Samuel chapter one. It's about Hannah. And if you go on to read and starting in verse 1, 1 Samuel 1, 1 through 16, it says, There was a certain man from Ramathim, a Zephite, from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkaniah, um, son of Jerome, the son of Elihu, the son of Tehu, the son of Zuth, and uh, Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Paneah. Hannah had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Paniah, the two other sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife Paniah and, and to all of her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he gave a double portion because he loved her. And the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. How many have been praying and you feel your prayer go your prayers go unheard? You need to be like Hannah. Hannah was in this dry place. We need to be like Hannah in this season. And it goes on to say what she did. This was year. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Obviously, he didn't. Once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. 
And she made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? I'm going to tell you, supernatural things will always appear crazy to a natural world. Here you have a woman that was so deeply distressed that she was just in, in, the, in the secret place with God and other people thought she was drunk. She's in the secret place pouring out her heart. And other people thought she was drinking. He said, put away your wine. She put, not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. Have you ever been deeply troubled? Have you ever prayed to God like that? To where you were deeply troubled and every time you woke up, it was there. When you went to sleep, it was there. When you got alone, it was there. But he said, put away your wine. She said, not so, my Lord. Hannah replied, I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. Now this is, this is the point. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. And we just read that the Lord's the one that closed up her womb. It wasn't the enemy. So the Lord was letting her go through this dry place. Here you have her weeping. You have her distraught. I would imagine she's distraught. She's not eating. You know, and he's wanting to give her double portions because he sees that this is affecting her in some way. She goes, I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. I would like to see what that looked like to her. She said, do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. She was desperate. We know that she was in anguish. We know that the Lord is the one that shut her womb. We know she was irritated for a long time. You see, she was in a dry place. And that dry place didn't make her question God. And we know now from the aerial view that God was the one that shut her womb. I wonder if they knew that then. I don't think they did. It may, in turn, guess what God did? God moved her to a place in this anguish that made her turn to him wholeheartedly. And it made her pour out her soul to the Lord. I mean, she was so troubled that people thought she was drunk. Why? Because they don't know your anguish. Some of you in here tonight are going through some things that nobody, we don't know. Unless the, word, the Lord gives us a word of knowledge. Some of you are in this dry place right now. You're in anguish in your own thoughts. Do you know that when Satan was tempting Eve, he didn't do it by like force. He did it with words. When he was tempting Jesus, he didn't do it with force. He did it with words. He's still doing it today. She just talked, Sophie just talked about being up here and having literally two things talk to her. 
Satan's tactics are still the same. He's doing it with words. He's hitting your mind. He's hitting your heart. You know, before you make a decision, if you're a Christian and you're walking with God, you don't fall away overnight. It's firmly established in your heart. When you get to the crossroads, if you fall away, that decision wasn't made at that crossroad. That decision was made way back here. And then the decision is just enacted on when you get to the crossroads. So God shut up her womb, and the irritation in Hannah's life ended up moving the Lord's heart for her. So the very thing that ended up irritating her ended up making her serve God, and then in turn, God showed compassion on her. And she didn't know it at that time, but she was about to give birth to one of the most powerful prophets in the Old Testament, Samuel. You know what happens when a pearl is formed? Does anybody know? You know what happens when a pearl is formed? A piece of sand or a piece of something goes into this, uh, into what's called a mollusk. A mollusk. Mollusk? Mollusk. And it irritates the mollusk. Pearls are formed within the when the mollusk secretes thousands of layers of calcium carbonate in a matrix that eventually coats an irritant. Some pearls are formed around six months, but the really nice ones take up to four years. So the longer the irritation in the pearl, the better pearl you get that's worth more. Just like Hannah, I looked it up. They think she was tormented, she was barren for 19 years. That's a lot of, you know, what festivals of seeing family get-togethers, of seeing, of being irritated, of being pressured, of being in anguish. Now, I don't think she was married that whole time. I think she was married only 10 of those, but I don't. <clears throat> but the point is, out of her irritation, Things that irritate you, things that you're thinking that are not being heard, God is hearing you in your anguish. But it's also to move you to not be the same Christian you were last week. Listen, the same Christian that you were last week was to get you through that week. Every day you're expected to do more. There are no days off. You've heard that expression, if you're, going, if you're not going forward, you're going backward, because it's true. No wonder she was pouring out her heart to the Father. She knew her husband couldn't help her. She knew none of the kids could help her. She was sick and wouldn't eat. This other woman was flaunting her kids every time she would go before the Lord. Until Hannah was moved to make a covenant with the Lord about the child she was to have. You know, sometimes it's not about you. It's about your future. Sometimes God's moving you to a place that's going to surprise you because you're going to act in a way that, that offers total dependency on Him. Now, I'm sure when she started being irritated, it wasn't like an anguish, but it started off as being like a, you know, how we all get. I can't believe this is happening. Lord, why are you letting this happen? And then as time goes on, like Job, First couple chapters, Job's like, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. By chapter 23, he's distraught, rightfully so. Same way with her. 
She went through it, but year after year when she was tormented, it got to her, and then she wouldn't eat. Then she thought, you know, this is just my opinion, but we're human, right? So we think, oh man, maybe God's not here. This is not for me. And you go through these, these valleys, and God's just saying, look, just trust me the whole time. I hear you. I hear you. I'm trying to get you to that place. That song, it says, take me to that place. Take me to that secret place, Lord. Or I can be like you. I want to be made like you. The whole walk, the whole walk of this, this journey that we're on is to prepare you for the next thing. It's not to prepare you for what you're already going through. Do you think God would have entrusted Hannah with Samuel if she didn't know the value? Like I said, she had one of the most powerful prophets of the Old Testament. I encourage some of you tonight to not give up. God's got plans for you no matter what stage of life you're at. Be like Hannah and pour out your heart no matter how long it takes. Get to that place. Learn what God's teaching you. Learn what God wants you to learn because it doesn't have to repeat itself. You know what I've found is that the longer it takes me to learn, the more times I have to do it over. And trust me, it's not fun. Your breaking point decides what you truly believe. When you have no answers, when your friends and family can't help you, what do you believe? When I have gone through a dry or stagnant season, it's always to draw me closer. The old way of praying will no longer work. No, you know, not that the time matters, because you can go deep in the Lord in 20 minutes, 30 minutes. But what he's trying to do is it's always to prepare your heart. It's always reliance on him. Reliance on him. This is what this whole walk is about. It's about reliance on God. It's not about us. It's not about our cars. It's not about our houses. It's not about any of that. This stuff can all be taken away. So I just want to tell everybody, let's just pray tonight to draw closer to God. God is saying that yesterday's way of praying is not no longer sufficient. When he calls you to new heights, your 10-minute in the morning prayer reading is no longer sufficient. You need to get in the Word. It needs to take root so that when times of despair come, and when the enemy starts speaking to you, you're like Jesus. He tried to use the word on the word. He used Psalms 91 where it says, lest you dash your foot against the stone. The devil used that line against the Lord. He said, throw yourself off this mountain. Shouldn't he give his angels charge over you, lest you dash your foot against the stone? So don't think the enemy won't use the word against you. You have to be rooted. This whole thing is rooted. You know what? A tree only grows as, as high as it is rooted. If a tree is rooted that much, it only grows high that much. But if a tree, an oak tree, is really rooted, it grows big and high. 
So I just want to encourage everybody not to give up tonight. I didn't have anything really long tonight. I just wanted to say irritations come. Nothing's perfect. There's no perfect friend. There's no perfect spouse. There's no perfect friendship. There's no perfect family. There's none of that. But what there is is there can be people that know who they are in Christ that work things out. When you say, Lord, I know necessarily whatever you're doing, I, I lay it down at your feet, and we'll work it out together. Conversate with people. You have more common ground with them than you think. If you're willing to sit down and talk with people and try to understand there's not one person I've ever truly tried to work with, work out something with that I couldn't work it out if both parties were willing to talk. And that's that's life. That's just that's just life. You can think you're marrying the perfect person. Nobody gets married to get divorced. Never been somebody on their wedding day that says, I can't wait to get divorced. But it happens. Life happens. Christian walk. You know, pastors are stepping away at an alarming rate right now. People are renouncing their faith. God's looking for Hannah's that will pour out their soul, that will be an anguish of a dying world out there, that will take time to go pray with people. You know, you don't even have to say, you know, Jesus loves you, which is okay to do. You can just say, how, do I, how can I pray for you today? And when you ask people that, that's going to open up all the other stuff to tell them how much Jesus loves. Once you get to a point, the longer I'm in Christ, you're just praising him out of the abundance of your heart because of what he's done for you. You don't need somebody to remind you all the time what he's done for you because he did it for you. So therefore, when you're going about your day, you're just praising him naturally. And it's just a joyful thing from your heart because why? Your heart's postured like that. Now, if your heart has a posture with everything negative, then it's just going to be negative. But if your heart can posture against the Lord, you just start thinking. It's hard to remain like that. And look, it takes time. Everything takes practice by getting the Word of God in you. None of this stuff starts off as being easy, but it does get easier. Just like reading your Bible. You didn't, as a new Christian, you didn't just start off reading 15 chapters a day. You had to work up to it. Just like praying. So if everybody wants to stand, that's pretty much what I have. Let's just come up here and let's just pray. Let's just pray that God uses us in this time. There's enough work for everybody to do. There's enough work for everybody to do. When we see other brothers and sisters doing what God's called them to do, we should be praying for them. We're not jealous. We don't compete with them. There's a, we thank the Lord that they're doing it, and then we come alongside them. You know, this is about change. This is about letting God use you. And I want to be like Hannah. I want to pour out my heart. I want to pour out my soul, and I can just envision like a pot being turned on its side and the water just being totally empty. That's the kind of relationship that with the Lord that moves mountains.
God, help us tonight, Lord. Lord, help us through any situation, Lord. Let us be let us be good stewards of everything you've done in our lives and everything that you've given us. Lord, pour, pour out in us, Lord, so that we can pour out in others, Lord. Lord, I pray that we're, we're, we're rivers of living water, Lord, that you're flowing through us. I, I pray everybody in here that's, going, that's in a dry place, Lord, that you will let the spiritual rain fall tonight on them, Lord. That you will give them a confidence to let them know that their prayers are being answered. That even though you shut up Hannah's womb, Lord, that you use that to get her to a place of prayer and a place of anguish. And Lord, we know that when you have your kids in the palm of your hand and we are the apple of your eye, Lord, that no matter what we go through, no matter what it looks like, we know you have us, Lord. When we live like those type of Christians, we are a different people. Lord, I want people to think I'm drunk like Hannah because I'm praying so hard. And I can look at him and say, no, I'm not drunk. No, I'm in that secret place. But guess what? You wouldn't understand that secret place because you don't go to that secret place. Lord, I pray everybody here goes to that secret place. Lord, I just pray over everybody here. I pray over the marriages, Lord, that you will just touch the marriage. Lord, you, you ordain the marriage, Lord. Lord, you want marriages to be full of love and joy and happiness and, and friendships and companionship. Lord, you don't want people to be miserable. I just pray peace over the marriage. I pray love. I pray over my future marriage, Lord, that it's love. Lord Jesus, we submit to you tonight, Lord. Lord, I just praise your holy name, Lord. Lord, I pray I continually move forward in your calling and in your word and your everything that you have. Lord, there, there are no mistakes in the kingdom of God. Lord, we just pray that everybody here, we serve you faithfully to the best of our ability and where we lack, the Holy Spirit makes up for it, Lord. Lord, I praise your holy name, Lord. I praise you and honor you tonight, Lord. Lord, thank you for this place, Lord. In Jesus' holy and mighty name. Amen. We need prayer, we can pray. Anybody need prayer? Okay, we can even get in a circle and hold hands and pray.